Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome ass. Yo, yo, ah, motherfucker. Tune in to Al Joe, the funk master. Watch your grill, yoga, knock that cold fast. And talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the man are off the back. You in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches. They find home on your mind about a devil. It's the weekly scraps. You don't need a map. GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow disease. Planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling uh, It ain't shit, it ain't shit Motherfucker Bob Ron Oh, <laughs> uh, short on Molly Yo Damn, these texts, these messages are coming in fast Alright So, as always guys we are back. The weekly scraps. What's happening? Uh, my do rag. Got to keep the hair nice and flowy. Artem, nice and flowy. So we got the main event. I'm just getting back from Long Island, uh, back here in Vegas, and I'm getting ready to go to the fights this Saturday at the Apex. And we got the main event with Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. Now this fight, very interesting for multiple reasons. I think there's a lot of good things that both of these guys do, and with that being said, I think um, my pick, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why I'm picking the way I'm picking. I want to be able to see you guys' messages so I can talk with y'all while I'm doing this. Um, you can't, like, maximize the screen on this. It's kind of weird. I, I guess this way you can't maximize the screen so that you can read the actual chat. But the reason why I feel the way I feel about this, uh, I'm leaning towards Jose Aldo. And it's not because Rob Fon just recently made his little snub about me not having any rhythm. Uh, that stuff doesn't bother me. But uh, I think there's a couple things we have to look at. Um, when you see Jose Aldo, he can grapple, fast combinations, explosive. You see Rob Font, more patient particularly using the jab to lean on that. And then he's not really a grappler. So he really only has one way to win, and that's to try to outpoint you and maybe even knock you out if he can knock out a guy like Jose Aldo. And I like to think that Aldo has had stiffer competition. Yeah, Rob Font had a great fight against Cody Garbrandt, but you're also talking about a smaller guy who can make 125, who walks around 142, 145, going down to 135. I walk around 65 to 170. That's a big weight cut. Jose Aldo's right around the same ballpark as myself. And to cut down to 135, he is a big dude. And I think that's going to be a difference in this matchup. And I, I do think Font has done his homework. Tyson is a, his coach Tyson is a very smart dude. But I just think Jose has more tools to win. But I do think three-round Jose Aldo is a lot more dangerous than five-round Jose Aldo, who tends to fade. And I think when he fades, it leaves him open and a little bit more vulnerable. You look at the fight with Piotr Jan, you look at his two Max Holloway fights, slowing down, getting tired, and Aldo is a, Aldo a touch guy. He might get the dub. Yeah, so, you know, he, he picks his shots, and I, I think that could be the difference. But Franz's jab is beautiful. He's not the fastest guy at the weight class. 
But then I have to be honest. I look at Jose Aldo's last fight with Pedro Munoz, who's a much slower and also smaller guy who could possibly make 125 as well. Pedro couldn't make 125 if he really, really wanted to. He's not the biggest, not the most muscle-bound type of fighter at the weight class. Um, he's kind of plodding. He's slower. But when he hits you, Pedro hits hard. I think it's similar in that sense. So Aldo's last fight, he fought a small guy, smaller guy, one of these smaller bandweights, and so did Rafont fought one of these smaller bandweights who's also really, really quick with his hands. Aldo's going to bring the same thing to the table, but he's going to bring a little bit more heat and a little bit more power to his punches. And I think that could be the difference right there. But I do like Font's head, where his head is at saying that he can get him out of there within three rounds, but he, I think he's going to have to put on a really good pace. Maybe make him wrestle in the early beginning. We look at Jose Aldo versus Mark Hominick back in the WC, uh, WC days. I think that was the WC days. No, the UFC. UFC. Um, one of the early UFC days when they just merged over the 135 and 145 weight class and 125. So you see that, and you know those fourth and fifth rounds, Aldo gets tired. Max Holloway, Aldo gets tired. So we can see that in those striking affairs. Can that happen again the same way he got tired against Piotr Jan? In these main event fights, it just seems like he just doesn't have what it, he used to have. Well, before he was finishing, guys, man. Aldo was a murderer, right? You know, so it's just a completely different um, style of fight now. Uh, twin, twin Station saying he thinks Font gets it done. How do you think he gets it done? I agree, man. I, I do agree, but then I just feel like the tools to win are in the favor of Jose Aldo. You saw what he did with Cheeto. The second round was closer. He won the first round. Second round was closer for Cheeto. Cheeto started to come on. In the third round, he said, screw this. I'm going to take him down. Got on his back and held the back, held the body triangle for the entire round. He can do something like that, but he's going to tire out his legs if he tries to do that against Font. Font's jiu-jitsu is not terrible, but it's not the greatest. I mean, Marlon Moraes took him down relatively easy, but kind of just held a position and gassed himself out. It just seemed like he didn't have the endurance to do that. And we've seen that before from him in the past where he tends to fade, um, especially after those grappling exchanges. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of a weird fight. Styles make fights. I want to switch my pick, but I just feel like Aldo's going to get it done. But at the same time, I do feel like Rob Font's tough enough, tough enough to eat those shots. But then we saw Rob Font fight Pedro Munoz and got choked out by Pedro. And he got hurt by Pedro. Got hurt with the, I think it was with a fake right into a left hook. Rob Font got rocked, kind of went all over the place a little bit, shot in for a desperation takedown, and Pedro Munoz choked his ass out. Styles make fights, man. So it's really tough. Aldo belongs at 145. I don't know, man. I underestimated Rob Font last time, so I don't think I'm going to stick with him by decision. I think I'm going to stick with him by decision. I, yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. The left kicks, the left kicks, pivots, and slips will eliminate Font's jabs early. I think the calf kicks are going to be a very big weapon. But again, can Rob Font take that damage through the first two rounds to weather that early storm of Jose Aldo and not get damaged too badly where he's compromised for the rest of the fight where Aldo can now start to cruise control. We do know those calf kicks are super dangerous. You only need about five solid ones to land before your movement gets compromised. Now you're stepping forward. It's not like Rafael utilizes a whole lot of movement anyway. He's kind of like just step forward. I'm going to hit you with the jab. I'm going to hit you with the jab. I'm going to hit you with the jab. But it's still... Enough where if you get enough of those calf kicks, 
it's a problem, you know? So uh, I'm excited for this fight. I'm getting to watch it live. I did ask the UFC to help me um, get in there and not help me get in there, but is there room for me to commentate for this one on the uh, panel? Not like the color commentating like Joe Rogan, DC, but I would like to do the desk again and uh, really give some opinions on this one. Um, I root for Ryan Hall every time he will be fighting again. Is R Ryan Hall even on this card? Mm -mm, I don't think so. I, I didn't see Ryan Hall on this card. Uh, Font showed good takedown defense against Simone. He did show good takedown defense against Ricky Simone, but then Marlon Moraes took him down relatively easy, you know, and that was an older. And I think Simone's a good wrestler, but I don't think, sometimes I think he doesn't put it together in his fights. He doesn't put it together as well to get in on those entries, if that makes sense. And I'm not trying to bash anybody. I'm just giving you the observation of what I see in these matchups and these fights. I think Ricky Simone's a really tough dude. I got to watch him spar the other day, and I think he's really talented. Very good dude. <clears throat> um, but again, I think it goes back to the fight. What are you doing in the fight? The same way, like I'm saying in my last fight, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good. I felt great in the morning, morning shakeout, didn't eat enough to replenish all the energy I burned. People don't see that. They only see what they see in the, in the fight, and people are judging me based on that. So with that being said, again, I'm doing the same exact thing. I'm just judging what I see in the fights. Because you could do one thing in the room, but it don't matter. No one gives a shit unless you could do it out there under the bright lights. And that's all people care about, you know. So um, even though he showed good takedown take defense against Ricky Simone, that was a long time ago. And he's got to do it again against a guy like Jose Aldo, who's not a big takedown guy. But if he can get you down to the ground, we've seen it before. He'll control the round. And I think that's what could make this a very interesting fight. I think Font has his fight behind the jab. Get that lead leg out of the way, kind of like the way he was doing in the video where they was kind of doing like a slow spar, slow moving around, giving each other a feel with him and Calvin Cater. Um, just getting his lead leg out of the way, kind of doing like a what we call a hollow out. So you move that lead leg, you slide it back, and you can come back with your counters, or you can slide it back and come back with your own kick up top to the body, wherever it is that you want to come back with the kick. So I, I think he's going to have to do something like that and push a pace, maybe even force the clinch on Aldo, get his body weight on Aldo, let him carry it, pull up those underhooks, and really use a lot of energy to kind of tire himself out. And if I think if he could do that a couple of times in the first and second round, it's Rob Font's fight to win because Aldo always, always, always slows down unless this is going to be something that we've never seen before. Who knows? And that's why the fight game is crazy because you just never know. Um, but I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a big fight for the Bantamweight division. Who do you guys think um, – what do you think happens – if either one of these guys win, do you think they're the next guy in line after TJ Dillashaw? Do you think they're going to have to fight one more? Obviously, Jose Aldo just fought Peter Yan. I'm fighting Peter Yan next, either February or March. Then you have TJ Dillashaw waiting. And then after that, you kind of have a, a weird position for the Bantamweight division. So I don't know. If Rob Funk wins, who do you think he should fight? And if Jose Aldo wins, who do you think he should fight? <clears throat> oh, Poirier is on the um, January... The December 11th car coming up next weekend. If you beat Jan, I'd say Aldo gets the title shot with the win. That's I, okay. But TJ Dillashaw was guaranteed the shot. I think that might even be in his contract, which doesn't happen too often, but it might be in his contract. Font by KO, they would make him wait for a shot. March just to make sure, champ. 
I agree. I like March too. I think it gives me a little bit more time to plan things out. I, I texted a matchmaker last night right before I got on the plane. And I'm just like, dude, I need to map out my training camp so I know when to cut PT and up the training volume so that I can really see where I'm at. I, I know I'm in a good position because I'm already doing five, six rounds of grappling without getting tired. That's a great sign compared to where I was before trying to jump into a fight where I knew I wasn't ready yet, but I was just going to try to make the walk anyway. Um, thankfully, the UFC understood, the doctors understood, and I made the right career and health decision for the benefit of my life so that I can continue to do this for a couple more years and make some good money. You know, I want to make good money for a couple more fights, and when it's time to be done, be done, and still have my body underneath me and able to uh, do all that good stuff. Are you Team Hawani or Team Schwab? I, actually, I don't know the beef. I actually had to look into that and see what is actually going on, but... Um, I like Hawani, but Hawani has his ways of just rubbing people the wrong way to get information or to poke at you, to get you to say stuff. And then and then he tries to pretend like everything's all good when you see him. And I understand that's like, I don't even know if you call that journalist, but that's like him trying to get inside information or get the people to talk more or say things outside of themselves to, to really get the headlines. Okay, that's cool. And then you got Shab, who's like, wasn't the greatest heavyweight fighter, but he did fight. He did get in there, and that is respectable. But sometimes he says these things that are just outlandish, and it makes me wonder, like, makes me wonder, and it also solidifies that what I do know, that you really don't know much, even though you fought at a high level. You really don't know much, and you did not know much, because it's still showing what's your ignorance of some of the things that you say, and that's just good TV. Maybe that's just good TV for good content, for people to say stuff, backlash at him, get mad at him. And he gets more people to tune in for him to say crazy stuff that maybe he doesn't actually believe in. Or maybe he does believe in he's really just that crazy and just doesn't understand shit. So, who knows? What is your opinion on the upcoming prospect Jack Nightoff? Um, I don't know if you're King, King off. I don't know if you're messing with me, but <laughs> yeah. Aljo would tear TJ's knee up and I think you and Jan would beat him too. Still show a loss to the guy you choked out. I agree, man. And I think people do forget that Corey Sanhagen and myself, when we fought for the belt last year, when we fought for the number one contender spot, we were technically the highest ranked guys where Piotr Jan fought a guy who was coming off of a loss and they were both ranked a lot lower than two of us and they got to fight for our vacant title. Makes no sense. So in my mind, I actually fought for the belt, which was what the UFC should have done, but they were trying to find any way to just snub me. For whatever reason. Maybe Dana didn't really like me. Maybe I'm growing on him now. Maybe, I don't know. But I eventually became the last resort. And Sanhagen did his job taking everybody out and put me in the spot that clearly I was the best guy because I beat the best guy. Um, but then Piotrion now beat him. And so it's like, it's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird love triangle that we have out here, you know? It's a weird love triangle. But five and a half weeks for a 25-minute fight, it's not a proper training camp. And I think anyone who's actually trained before knows that. I think St. Hagen knows that. We have the same manager, and he has actually said the same thing. It's just not enough time to properly prepare for a guy like that. And I said the same thing. It's me trying to train for that fight, coming off the surgery the way I was, just wasn't enough time. And I know what I'm getting myself into. Otherwise, if it was somebody else, I'd probably be like, yeah, I can, I can, I can get by this one by the shape that I'm in. If I can just get one good takedown and be on the back, choke him out. Um, what else? He's messing with me. Oh, damn, man. Damn, man. 
would you rather take three uppercuts from Francis or 30 leg kicks from Barbosa? <laughs> 30 uppercuts, 30 leg kicks, or three uppercuts? Damn. I'm going with the leg kicks because I don't know. I, I, I mean, are these like regular kicks or he's like winding up like he's hitting a, a, a kickboxing bag? Because I might be decapitated, um, debilitated after that one and not be able to walk. Um, I did want to touch base on one or more of these fights, uh, Rafael Fazee versus Brad Riddell. I think this is going to be a great fight for multiple reasons. Brad Riddell is starting to come into his own. I think him beating Drew Dober when Drew Dober was red hot, surging as a, a up-and-coming prospect, now turned contender, but he turned him back and showing that Brad Riddell is here. Um, I believe he's from New Zealand as well, so... That whole squad from Dan Hooker to Riddell to um, Izzy, that whole team is doing phenomenal. I mean, you got Kai Cotter France as well, um, who's kind of been a little bit more up and down. But that, that area, for them to have such a small island and them having such success is a great thing, you know. Um, for him to beat a guy like Drew Dober, I thought that was huge. The way he did it looked clean with the striking. Now, you got a guy like Fazid, Muay Thai trainer over there at Tiger Muay Thai, great striker. Uh, his combinations are clean, crisp. The only difference is he does this thing with his hands where he's rocking, rocking, rocking. I don't know if that's to distract you or to load up momentum when he does throw his kicks or load up momentum and slipping and ripping. But he had a close fight with Bobby Green that a lot of people thought he was going to kind of run through him and Bobby would have been like the gatekeeper. And he sh Bobby Green showed him to be human. And it's either two things. Bobby Green is still getting better at age 36 or, or is it 35 or 36. I think 36. I'm going I'm to stick with that one. I don't have no Jamie over here to fact check me. But I think it's 35 or 36, but I'm saying 36. For him to still be getting better or Fazeev isn't as good or, or is good but isn't the, the prospect that we thought that he would have been. Because everyone thought he was going to just steamroll him. He was a huge favorite. You can make an argument that Bobby Green probably even won that fight based on the second round. The third round, I, you have to score that for Bobby Green. But the second round was close. If you just count the strikes, not one guy just coming forward and doing all this, hey, who cares about that, man? I'm, I want to care about who's landing. That's what the fight is about. We score the strikes landed, the effective defense, the effective takedown defense, the effective grappling. All that counts for offensive strikes. That's how you win a fight. You have to do damage. All the footwork and all that, that's cool and all. It adds to it. But if you're not landing, then no one gives a shit. So that fight was a lot closer than what people actually think. And I think Fazeev is super talented. I was thinking that he was going to steamroll Bobby as well. And Bobby hung in there, gave him a fight, and showed that, hey, man, the upper echelon of this division is going to be dogs. So you got to be ready once you cross that bridge. And I think now he's got that opportunity to do that. And uh, I think they would have given him a higher fighter, higher ranked fighter, if he had uh, finished Bobby the way that they thought that he would have, like maybe the first or second round. Didn't happen. Now he's finding a guy like Brad Riddell, another surging prospect. And I think the winner of this one is going to be the guy who breaks through and is going to have a um, the next big shot to to really make some noise in that UFC lightweight division. Shout out to the boy, Marab. Marab's actually upstairs sleeping right now. He is now my new neighbor. He's a couple houses away from me now. Um, beautiful house, beautiful backyard. It's phenomenal. Uh, he's still getting everything up and running, going to get the bills and all that in order, the lights turned on. 
and I'm super excited for him for that. Fazeev can take more than Brad Riddell. Fazeev just got to work on his cardio. Yeah, but see, you, you can't you can't do that. That's like saying like, um, Corey Sanhagen could could beat Piotrion if he just worked on his grappling. But we're talking about what he can do right now, what we've seen, right? You can't, so you can't do that. You can't keep moving the goalposts or saying, what if, what if, but if, or this, or if he had that. If I had three longer inches of my arms like Sean Woodson, I'd be a freaking monster at 135. Like, what are we talking about? You can't keep doing that. So, yeah, he can be, but he has to do it. That's it. That's all I'm saying. He's great, but he's just like everyone else. He's competitive. And he's just as good, and I think Bobby just showed that he is as human as anybody else in that lightweight division and beatable. You just have to have the right game plan and cannot be afraid of all the hype that he was getting and probably still is going to get coming into this matchup. This is a high-stake matchup. Whoever wins this one is going to break through in that top 15, in my opinion. I really do think so. So this is going to be a fun fight, and I think this is a, a sleeper fight, even though it's a co-main event that I think people need to make sure that they're tuning in for. By the way, I'm rooting for you to... Do you think Jan Dillshow's a good fight? By the way, I'm rooting for you to shut everyone up. This is your first title defense. Hope they throw you on a big card for that pay-per-view paycheck. First time actually getting pay-per-view money, so I'm excited about this, man. It's a big opportunity um, for a couple of reasons. One, silence the critics. Two, show everyone that you have to eat as a high-level athlete in order to compete at a high level. And obviously, as a high-level athlete, for me to make that mistake, it's the dumbest thing. I don't know how many times I'm going to keep saying it. But I feel stupid even making a mistake like that because it's such a rookie thing to do. Um, and three, to get pay-per-view points, it's going to be life-changing as long as they put us on a proper card so that we can all make money. P.D. Yan gets pay-per-view points now. So I can see them trying to be like, well, you both get pay-per-view points, so we're going to let you guys carry the card by yourself. I do think it's a big enough card that people, a big enough fight that people really, really want to see us um, figure this out. So I think uh, I think we should both get both get paid relatively well for the UFC's type of payouts. You know, it's not going to be like Canelo, which I can't wait for the day that is actually like that, even if it's not for me in my time, maybe the future athletes. But um, I'm hoping to at least touch seven figures on this. I hope. I hope Pideon and I both get paid pretty damn well and both touch seven figures. That would be nice, you know. Um, both well-deserved. I think we both fought through a gauntlet, even though mine was a lot harder to get here. Twists and turns. But we're both here, so no matter what, I just at the end of the day, I'm always gonna be pro fighter. I'm always gonna want the fighters to get paid, and that's what it's all about, you know. So, screw the beef and all that. I hope we both get walk out with the bag, and, and that's about it. And before that, whatever, man, we're gonna throw down and figure it out. Um, outside of that, I gotta get ready for PT. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. This is gonna be a relatively short podcast. Um, I have to. Actually, I don't have PT. I got training. So I got training at 9, then PT at 11, and then I'm going to do some game planning today and get things ready to go with um, Eric Nixick. I told all the guys that I want involved with this fight, I want to start game planning now, mapping out the days of where I'm going to be in Vegas, where I'm going to be in New York. And then from there, I want you guys to give me your most unbiased opinion without me giving any input. I want you to watch the tape. I want you to give me your thoughts on the, on the last fight. And barring what I said about how I felt, I just want you guys to give me strategical feedback so we could talk some tactical things that we can bring to the table. Whether or not I felt good, I know that I'm going to be feeling good this time around, and I cannot wait to put on a performance and a pace once again. And uh, 
this time right the ship, you know. So we're, we're doing our homework and we're making sure we're getting things ready to go. So thank you guys always for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please hit that like button. I love you guys. Peace and love. And I'll see you guys later. Peace. Pow, pow, pow. Pow. Spinning back fish. Peace. <laughs>